What's up, everybody? Derek Dernberger here with The Break Podcast. Super excited about today's podcast. We got Turkey Tom Rainey from Browning Trail Cameras and the one, the only, Turkey Professor Joe Hayne. We're talking about our recent hunts together as Tom comes here in Missouri to hunt. Joe and I talk about some of our hunts and uh, wrap it up with a little bit of knowledge about Browning Trail Cameras. So it's a cool podcast. Listen up. Here we go. This is Derek Dernberger, and you're listening to The Break Podcast. All right. What's up, fellas? I'm here with Turkey Tom Rainey (laughs) from Browning Trail Cameras, and his sidekick today is... The famous professor, the turkey professor, <laughs> Joe Hain. What's up, fellas? Hello, hello. It's all you, man. Thanks for having us, man. Uh huh. So, Turkey Tom. So, we got to get into why you're called Turkey Tom. I don't know if I'm called Turkey Tom. Well, you you told me that on this trip. So. I said one person called me that. Well, it's, it's going to stick now. <laughs> it's it's going to stick. That's how it works, Tom. He just comes up with it, and you know, and then he puts it on TV, and yeah. it's there. <laughs> so you, you turkey hunt more than anybody I've ever met in my life. You're on, mm-hmm. you know, you've come here to Missouri with this for three years, but yep. you hit ten states a year or something crazy mm-hmm. like that. That's about right. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. It started a few years ago. I had well, I'll I'll, I'll kind of go back to the beginning a little bit. When I was young, my father was really big into turkey hunting. He had, he has killed a beer a long beard in the state of Tennessee for thirty nine consecutive years now. So he's been into it longer than a lot of people. So I would estimate I was ten or eleven years old, and he takes me turkey hunting. We go out into the woods. We get set up. He hears a bird gobbling. He decides, you know, we need to make a move. We go around. We set up on this log yard. And it's one of those scenarios that as it plays out now, it it seems normal. But in that moment, as a 10 or 11-year-old kid, Gobbler sticks his head up over the ridge. And to me, it felt like 0.2 seconds. (laughs) So all I thought in that moment is, I will never kill a turkey. That thing is impossible to hunt. Because that's all I ever heard my dad say, how impossible and how hard it is to kill. So I actually really enjoy fishing so i took several years of fishing and i feel like i'm playing catch up now because i really didn't start digging back into the turkey hunting until probably the last decade mm-hmm. and now i feel like i'm making up for lost time and that's how the the trip has evolved and as it did i started thinking i could check off another state another state so it's a long-term goal but i would eventually like to kill turkeys in all 49 of the states that have turkeys uh-huh. and i might be able to convince somebody to ship one to alaska for me after that right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh-huh. so um you're in the hunting industry mm-hmm. so you know because normal people <laughs> don't get a hunt <laughs> right for two months straight right 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 so you spend all your time working hard in the fall doing those things and then i do and a lot of our busy season is jammed into the first three months of the year and and those are seven day weeks 12 14 hour days because that's when we have to book all of our business for that calendar year so you're meeting with your retail partners you're establishing you know what you're going to ship when you're going to ship you know what you're going to sell to each one of your partners so this has always kind of been a little bit of a break uh you know you can peel your hours back and i work remotely anyway so i can work from the road if i need to 
but it gives me the opportunity, like if I'm here, if we kill out like on the first morning, then I can maybe catch up on a few emails that afternoon, yeah. make a few phone calls, then I can be on the road again, right. going to another camp. So I'm afforded some flexibility just because of the way that uh, the seasonality of our business structure, uh, it gives me a little room to be able to travel, shoot a few turkeys. Try to squeeze in ten or fifteen states a year, right? Yeah, <laughs> but for everybody else, it's I wish I was in the hunting industry so I could just hunt all the time. <laughs> exactly. Like you do. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I get that a lot, and it's like, oh man, I don't know. I I, I I have told people this story a few times this year too. I don't know how many times like I was personally like on the verge of like an emotional breakdown on Friday nights from I don't know late fall until maybe even late in February. Where I would be in my office at like 11 o'clock on a Friday night, knowing that I was going to be back in the office like the next morning, the moment I woke up. So I'm putting in these long hours and it's just wearing on me and wearing on me. And, uh, you know, in those moments, I'd be sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, I'm living the life. (laughs) Yeah. All you people saying, oh, Uh what you do is hunt. I'm like, you know, (laughs) you probably home in bed on Friday night and I'm still at the stinking office. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of your travel is with the TV partners you have. Correct. And you're also getting work done there correct it uh that's one of the things that that i've I've really enjoyed you know as this journey of mine on the on the turkey tour has evolved is you know i get to come spend some time with you guys and i get to know y'all a little better and we get to talk a little shop uh but i'll also go visit with don and candy kiske and i'll spend some time with john and gina brunson and this year i'm going to see levi morgan and I'll, i'll visit with he and samantha for a couple of days and then I'll hunt with Brad Miller. So it's the opportunity uh, to be able to go uh, strengthen those relationships, talk a little shop, and it gives the partners that we work with the opportunity to ask questions about what are you guys doing. Yeah. So I think it's a good two-way street, but it also gives me a chance to kind of get after a turkey or two right. along the way. Which is most important. Yes, yeah, so that's number one. Everybody, Yeah, yeah I, I, people were laughing at me. I think I was telling you this yesterday. Like, my nephew had the misfortune of missing one on opening day in Tennessee. And I was like, look, let me explain this to you. Here's death, and here's turkey hunting. You got to get these things straightened out, son, before you can handle this properly. Right, right. He's looking at me like this idiot. I don't know what I'm dealing with here. Uh-huh. So you've been coming to Missouri. Yep. To hunt here for, this is the third year. Yep. You're three for three. Yep. And part of that, small, very small part, is attributed to... The guy sitting to your right. I feel like I should correct you in very huge part. (laughs) He plays no small role in any of this. And and, uh, I guess that's a good segue into this, but I'll I'll tell you, like, and y'all both know this, when I first came up here the first time, I probably take turkey hunting more serious than I should. Well, not probably. I do take it more serious than I should. And... It's difficult for me to hunt, and it's not a criticism of other people that like to go out and turkey hunt. It's just I'm I have a hard time hunting with people that do it recreationally. Yeah, I really do because I'm inexplicably and irrationally intense about it. And the first time we hunted with Joe, I look at you, this bird's goblin, and we haven't been sitting there five minutes. The birds fly down. First thing Joe does is kind of fall off the back of the ridge. He's like, "Y'all stay here. I'm gonna try to." draw him over and i look at you and i'm like man everybody i've ever hunted with from missouri backs up pulls that trick (laughs) i said i want to go right after that bird and it wasn't five seconds after i said that (laughs) 
Joe comes stomping up the hill. But that's we're going right after that bird. Oh yes, I'm, I can hunt with this guy. Yeah. And then along the way, the bird's still gobbling. Like he misplaces his striker. He's having a fit at the bottom of the hill, and I'm like, Oh yes, yes, angry, yes, yes. Let's kill the turkey, yes. I told you repeatedly after that. Yeah, I can hunt with him. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the professor. So a lot of people wonder how did Joe get that name. So I can give you a little story. So we started on the break about you joined about four years ago. Mm-hmm. We're in season mm-hmm. five. You joined first year, and uh, Joe and I never hunted together. No. And I was complaining. I never really hunted turkeys that much because. They're just not on our farm. Right. You know, the farm that I grew up on. So, Joe, I mean, most of my turkey hunting, I'd, I'd be out there, but I'm deer hunting. I'm scouting deer, really. I'll call a little bit, and, you know, I wouldn't hear a gobble because there's no turkeys where I'm at. But, uh, so, Joe invited me to, you invited me to hunt up with you. And, again, so, Joe's really the first experienced turkey hunter that I've ever hunted with. So, we go to this place, and he's telling us we're going to set up here the they're roosted right there when they do this you need to do this when they do this i'll do this and he's just i'm just thinking i was like hey he's like a college professor he's telling me all these things (laughs) and then it all started happening as he said it was going to play out so we get done and we do an episode on joe and i's hunt and i just said yeah he's the turkey professor and it stuck. And it stuck. <laughs> so you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. I turned you into Thanks, a, a, yeah. Yeah, a rural legend, uh-huh. an urban yeah. legend. Let's just say I was working when that episode aired, and of course I wasn't informed of this. So all of a sudden I start getting these text messages whenever I turn my phone off, you know, or turn it back on, and everyone's like, "The professor now, huh?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" So then uh, I had to think a little bit, but it didn't take me long, and uh, got to watch the episode, and I was like, "Uh huh." Payback's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, no. no, but it's stuck, and, and in all reality, you're right. I mean, that's what I go into every spring, and I put a ton of time in early. I scout. I run my browning trail cameras and, and find these birds, and my goal is I want to kill the maturest bird I can. It's nothing different than anyone else chasing whitetails. You know, whenever I go into a spring, I want to look at all the farms I have. I want to see my turkey population, which farms I don't want to really hit too hard, which ones need a few taken off. But in all reality, I'm looking for that number one bird. And, of course, who gets it this year but Derek. But that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. I'll give him one every so often. I'll let him have (laughs) a bigger bird. Right. Well, we he is the chief hunter. That's yeah, right. you know, you got. Right. Right. It's like you know, here, here. He I'll owed give me you one. Let's, let's talk about the the one you shot from under me last year. Well, you know, and that was for Tom. That was Tom's right, yeah. bird. Okay, so we Tom gets up here last year. You know, the first year, like he said, we sm- he smacks it at like fifteen yards in the face, pretty wound up, and that took a whole lot of uh, what twenty five minutes, and yeah, we were done total. Like, so from, from, that includes the walk in and out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, so we, I started him out right. I ain't going to lie. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, we're going to go set this ridge, and the bird's going to be behind us. And, uh, you know, I was a little off. He was one ridge over. <laughs> but we got it done. And well, then, that was uh, a cool. Well, let's talk about that hunt first, because you talked about him backing up. Then we went after him. Yes. Right. And, you know, you that knew least, the land. Well, let's yeah. talk about that hunt and the that, land that, and how you scout. Right. So just scouting turkeys with, you know, your cameras and 
just finding them isn't the overall goal is to know your properties. You need to know that, all right, the turkeys like to roost in this area. They like to feed in this area. And in relation to what the terrain is, what your crops are, you know, if it's pasture field, if it's hay fields, if it's wheat fields or rye, you know, some of those later in the season are going to be obsolete. Those are where they're going to actually nest, not in the breeding portion. The the gobblers don't want to be in there. The, the, The feathers are getting... You know, there's nowhere for them to actually strut. So dialing that back, once you find those roost areas and the the areas where they want to congregate and want to do their breeding, then I look at terrain features. All right, how am I going to get in on these birds in the morning without getting seen, you know, not making a whole lot of noise, but get tight enough to them to where when they fly down and they congregate with their hens, I'm in their path of where they want to go. It's going to tremendously up your odds. And you, you can go hunt, you know, turkeys just like you can uh you hear the same story every spring where guys are like yeah i go sit the same ridge every year and i kill a big buck you can do that with turkeys too if you have the right farm but when i go out every day that i have to take off work and go which is hard and where we are actual real jobs so when i have to actually take off and go i'm shooting them in the face every day I don't go out there just to hunt. I want to slap them in the face. Mm-hmm. So I try to up my odds as much as I can, and I want to figure the birds out because I get enjoyment out of getting there early, early, early in the morning, set up where I want to, be the first hoot owl to hoot, and I want him to, to gobble right on the next ridge. You know, I want I'm him laughing because be I'm like, yes, he does like to get there early. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. Yeah, yeah. I, I will verify this for him. <laughs> There's no walking in when the when the gobblers are already gobbling in the tree. If you're not set up, he's going to see you. And that's and that, and that's where it dials back. Other than yesterday, we did have a situation where we got set up and the birds weren't where I thought they were. They had gotten bumped out. Later figured this out from the neighbors the night before. The birds had been in there for two weeks straight. I thought it was a slam dunk. We'd get set up. Nothing gobbled. They weren't in there. You know, it does happen. But nine times out of ten, when guys say, yeah, I went out there, didn't hear any gobbling today. No birds on the farm. You need to ask them more questions than just, you know, you went out there. Well, what time? You know, if you're walking in the woods, strolling around, trying to get set up, and it's any bit light, them birds are awake and they see you. Yeah, <laughs> It's like a whitetail when you hear them go, you know, and they're snorting at you. That turkey's up there laughing at you is what he's doing because he might even gobble once or twice, but he ain't flying down to you. He's going the other ridge over. But uh, that's what I get enjoyment. I, I like to actually pattern them, figure them out, find them, and then uh, try to get in there and kill that big bird, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest one I can find. Handing out faces full of fives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I heard that. So getting back to the story with Tom's bird. So last year we had him come in and uh, had a bird picked out for him, and it's like a monsoon. It was raining for days. The whole time he was supposed to be here, it was supposed to rain the whole time, you know. So we didn't even get up that morning. I think it was like total thunderstorm yeah. just pouring down. We knew we, we were left gonna get a, yeah. yeah, we left at nine thirty or ten. Oh, right. Yeah, sat for the last couple hours. And it's not Hell. like you can't kill turkeys. Obviously, I mean, this year we killed two of them at ten. So I mean, it happens. But it's like I said, my my rule of thumb is I want to be out there and watch the sun come up. And so we was already down. Went out, and sat for a little bit. The bird never came <laughs> in. Of course, didn't think it was going to. But you had to go out. You know, we mm-hmm. had to try. So. The next night, or, you know, didn't kill that bird, so we went to a different farm. We actually seen a bird go up, flying to uh, fly to roost, so we kind of knew where he was set up. 
get a little break in the weather. Sun's coming up. Oh, we got plenty of time. It's cloudy that morning. Yeah, Tom's eating his donut. We're drinking coffee. <laughs> I look out, you know, I look out and the sun's coming up and I'm going, guys, we got to go. I was like, I know it's just right down the ridge, but we got to get out there, you know. So I'm hustling these two boys around. I'm like, let's go. Come on, boys, you know, my fast feet. So I'm over there. We get to where I want to set up and there's like a pond from all this rain. <laughs> there's a pond out here and I'm going, Derek, how do we get over here? You know, he's like, Ah, just go around it. I'm like, it's too light. You can't go around it. You know, I'm freaking out. So what do I do? I listen to D. You know, all right, we'll go around here. I'm stomping through the water. I'm already mad. Right. You know, well, I'm thinking the right, birds. So. Are, I'm thinking the birds are going to be right here. You know, we're we're going to bump them. Yeah, well, you stomp trying yeah. to prove a point. You want to blow them out of there. <laughs> well, well, hey. They, yeah, I think he's underplaying this. I stomp through the water. Right. He looked like a 12-year-old that, you know, had just gotten yelled at by his mom. <laughs> and he's trying to kick it head high when he's taking each step. Like, yeah. I'm going to get it on you. I'm going to get a little on you. <laughs> so we get in there. We set up, you know, everybody calm. Well, I calm down. They get settled. And uh, set the decoys. I'm still eating and, donuts. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still eating donuts, cleaning it off his face, and all of a sudden, you know, I hoot and right on top of us. And I'm, I just look at D and I go, "It's over. It's over. He's seen us. It's, he's right there. He's over. He sees us. You know, it ain't gonna happen." But uh, no, there were some hens with him, and then uh, got him. He he was fired up from them other hens too. Did the fly down? Well, then we had a bird cross the ridge or across the field in the in the creek respond and uh he ended up beating him to the punch so those birds all flew down and then tom gets him lucky tom you know he gets another one <laughs> was nice. but uh it was nice because we got all that done got back and we're, we're carrying the bird back to the uh back to the cabin where we were staying and of course it just starts pouring down rain so we had about a 30 minute window of right. no rain for two days we got her done so it's pretty cool and, and and i have to confess like as he's telling these stories like every year, and that's why I like hunting with him because he's so intense about it. Like that year, he got mad and stomps off, and when he drops his striker, he's having the meltdown in the woods. And the turkey, when he's having the meltdown over the striker, that turkey couldn't have been 150 yards. And you and I are looking right. at each other and hitting birds like goblin right over the hill, and he's like, "Where's my striker? <laughs> that's my favorite one." Now, come I think, on, I think that's immediately when I was like, "I can hunt with that yeah. guy right uh-huh. there." And then like that that the the, the fit in the field yesterday <laughs> or last year as we call it, where he, you and I are laughing. And we're walking uh-huh. across the field because you were like, "We'll just walk around the water." We're gonna do what? Splash, 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 splash. I ain't doing that. And then this yeah. year, when we got down there, and the the neighbors had blown the birds off the roost, and they weren't there, he, he was mad all morning about that. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like, this is why I like hunting with him because I, I take it that serious too, and I want to shoot them in the face. Yeah. Let's be clear about this. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like anybody, and it's not that I'm I'm really mad mad at like the neighbors for doing what they do they just don't know you know they're they're that they're the guy i was talking about just goes out there sits on that ridge walks out there after daylight and just listens listens you know yeah but going back to the whole professor thing of Derek, you know i'm getting into i want to pattern them i want to know where they're at i I know where they're hanging out you know my wife lets me go and do all this i love you i love you (laughs) you know she lets me go early and i and i scout these birds not necessarily in the mornings if I know where they're roosting, I want to see where they're at at nine o'clock. You know, where are they going? Where are they taking these hens? Where, especially a year like this year, where it's super cold and they're they're still theoretically in their winter flocks. You know, they're surviving. They're still trying to find food. 
So it's starting to green up now, and they're breaking up slightly. But that's how these birds were. They should have been in that. There was three toms in that group, and they were hanging out with about seven or eight hens. And they weren't going to go anywhere because that's where the hens wanted to be. That's where they were feeding is in a stubble stubble kind of hay field that we got uh, with some wheat stubble in it and and they were loving it you know they were that was their home but it happens you know you're going to have those mornings and what do you do you you just pack up mm-hmm. you go somewhere else and you make it happen right i mean <laughs> exactly we can i walk tom and that's a funny story in itself uh you know we're walking get to this other farm walking through the uh dark or i say dark timber i always get back to that but it's a brushy area <laughs> you know and I'm checking a few spots, hooting, crow calling, whatnot. And I just happened to drop my fan out of my hand. And uh, I go to pick it up, and there's like a, what, three foot, maybe two and a half foot snake there. <laughs> little garden snake or something, you know. And I jumped like a freaking schoolgirl. Like, ah! You're like, what, what? I'm like, look at my fan. And they're like, oh, it's a snake. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't see it, you know. Like, I freaked out. So I was already on edge, you know, a little fired up, and I'm glass and ain't seeing nothing, but uh, we I'm made just, it happen, man. It's awesome. I'm just glad you weren't armed when you looked down and saw <laughs> yeah, it. it I, we'd have lost a few three-and-a-half-inch yes. shells right there, I guarantee it. And uh, since we yeah. only had three on that particular hike, <laughs> that would have been an issue. Yeah, thank God we didn't waste a shell. We needed it later. Right. <laughs> that is a 100 percent fact because when i told y'all i was like i don't have any more shells (laughs) the look look on both your faces was like what is he an idiot yeah but i I had already told Derek at the truck i was like wait a minute i think i just heard him say we're about to walk miles yeah i'm taking everything off i'm left my vest in the truck i was like i'm going boots guns face mask that's all i'm going yep (laughs) yeah so you let the cat out of the bag. We killed one. Yes, we shot. did. Yes, yes. And it was a, uh, it was rough yesterday. No goblin whatsoever. No. It, it's been tough. You know, we talked about it. I had, I went to Iowa first before I came down, and it was windchill was nine degrees uh, this past Monday in Iowa. The birds are still in winter flocks. Like, I mean, twenty, thirty birds, and yeah. lots of places up there they're not gobbling. They're just walking around and eating. And so the behavior patterns are similar, similar right now here. You know, you're not getting a lot of vocalization. I mean, you're not even getting hens yelping. I mean, you might yeah. get the occasional cluck if you're lucky to at least put you on the right path. But so it, it's been tough. And yesterday was a challenging hunt to yeah. say the least. Well, I mean, it's, it's challenging to stay motivated. You know, and right. I don't, yeah. you know, when you go out there and you don't hear them, it is. It's kind of a letdown. It's like, man, this, it's time. It's time. I want to see them. I want to have them work in. I want them gobbling. Right. And it happens that way, but you can still kill them the way we did. Right. And that's the whole thing. The the, the final product of it is a slap in the face. Yes. And that's what I'm after. So it's and if the it, wing. If it, if and it, the... Yeah. If it doesn't work. <laughs> and any other body part willing to take a shot. <laughs> if it doesn't work off the roost, you know, like a lot of times it doesn't. And it doesn't work at the old 9 o'clock spot. You know, then you go to your 1030 spot, 11, 12. I mean, 1 o'clock's when it's over. That's when you quit, and that's that. That's me. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I, and, and that's one of the reasons that I like hunting with Joe is because I'm convinced to some degree you've got to have that intensity to be successful on a, on a consistent basis Yeah. because of days like yesterday. Mm-hmm. If you're not just – if you can't dig deep inside and be, like, really intense about, I want to have a successful hunt, and like I said, I'm not being critical of people that want to go enjoy the morning, have a good sit, um, call a little if it doesn't work out, if they want to go home. 
I want to like close the deal. Uh-huh. And that's how Joe is. Joe is like, so I'm able to keep my intensity level throughout the hunt on a day like yesterday. And, and he is too. So I, I really like being able to hunt with people like that. And so I think it helps us be successful. When oh yeah. We hunt together. You, you feed on each other. You yes. know, if one guy's not in on it and you're like, well, let's just, let's go eat breakfast. I yeah, guess, yeah, you know, yeah, and, exactly. and the game's over and that's fine. Like I said, that's, it's all on what you get enjoyment out of hunting. It's either, the killing aspect or just going out and spending time with friends or, you know, everybody has their own thing. Right, but, right. But we see eye to eye. Yes, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> because even not not to get too far ahead of the story here, but, you know, as we were having to move around, like like after you saw the snake, we're still having to trying to find the turkeys. we got to make a visual contact at yep. this point because they're not making any sound. So you've right. got to you've got to make eye contact with right. them almost. and. If you're not intense, like as you're walking around the edges of those fields, as you're walking through those creeks, you're splashing, you're kicking, you're crunching leaves, yep, you're stepping you're talking, on the stick, you're, you're talking, you're talking. Yeah, you're not on point of what you're doing. Yeah, so if you are still like focused on the task at hand, like we want a successful hunt, then you're able to like still step on the the, the dirt, the you know, looking for that empty right. spot so you're not breaking oh, sticks. Yeah. And so I think that you know how intense you are about it matters and. Oh, Again, I'm, I'm irrational about it. I understand that. Right. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. Well, it boils down to, you know, just how we killed those birds and walked up on them. If you don't do your preseason scouting and know the terrain features and how to, all right, in this situation, how would I get around on a bird? You know, yeah. it worked to our advantage. I knew that we could sneak along the edge of this field who was, who the whole the whole farm is nothing but ridge tops, mm-hmm. you know, and so you can sneak along the edge and just glass up and get the angle on the birds. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we creeping around a corner and, and actually, I mean, you still have to get lucky. Their heads were down feeding. Right. If they're not, yeah, it's hard to see a single head, right. but it's a lot easier to see a, a, their breast or their back, you know, in the sunlight. And we got lucky, man. That's what it's all about. Got lucky and seen the birds and then uh, did the old trickster on them and, let them the fans that fans out and the, the uh you know me and tom are behind one fan how that worked i don't know he was so, like wow. it was a big bird yeah. I, it was a big bird right it was a big bird fan <laughs> that gobbler was like that is one heck of a bird it's <laughs> yeah. that hill. that's a monster as everybody says you know yeah but no we got lucky the birds were there they were feeding towards us so we didn't even do anything honestly set up behind the fans and just let them come to us fed over and uh tom Emptied his gun out on it, and we got it. <laughs> that is a true story, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there was not a shell left in that field by the time I got done. Hey, but the, when it all boils down to, it was an ethical shot and everything. It just, it was, it was a little bit further than what we thought. It uh, didn't take him down as good, but hey, that's why you go after him. You find him. And we still got it. Yeah. So that's it, all that matters. You know, it was one of those things where there was like no background on yep. the shot. It was hard to judge. It was and, really and, hard to judge. You know, we really weren't off 10 yards on what we were kind of estimating, but it was just enough that as the shot was traveling and I'm shooting up, it, it just got down a little lower yep. and didn't wreck his beak like I want it to. Yeah. <laughs> And and you can tell when you hit a bird, you know, if you if you hunt enough, you like you know you hit him. Oh, and yeah. at that point, I knew I hit him, so you know you feel compelled, and it's it's the ethical thing to do oh, yeah. after you know you have hit the bird. Yeah. Yes, sir. To try and finish him off. Oh and yeah. And so that's kind of you know how that shook out, and it worked out well for us. <laughs> Fortunately, Joe was the one willing to walk in the bush and get him. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. <laughs> These legs are, legs are made for walking them hills, yeah, no river hills, man. Ooh, man, it is hilly there. Yeah. Yeah, it was a uh, it was awesome, and then to find it, I mean, it was icing on the cake. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. 
finding a, a bird that uh, it's been wounded you know they'll go hide they'll, and yeah. that's what he had done he tucked under a rock and was burying his head in his feathers but uh you know what all boils down to is we found it and it's a dead bird man yep. another another notch right exactly another yeah, exactly notch. another no, no tag soup in missouri this <laughs> <Yeah>. year <laughs> or n- never has since no, no no three for three I'm, nice run here i made him go. i made him hunt till 10 o'clock this year i know i'm not on par we were trying to bring the average out because you know, <laughs> people wouldn't believe us like our average for the last two years was seven minutes <laughs> how long did you sit well hmm Three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> three minutes, Your Honor. We sat still for three minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So. Yeah, that awesome. was good. That was, our, uh, that was our hunt this year, man. It was it was awesome hunt. The experiences we've had, this great friendship. I'm glad it worked out, and I'm glad you keep coming back. Man. I enjoy it up here. It's uh, it's good people. It's uh, like we got to visit with some of your relatives that I've met before yep. yesterday, and I enjoy doing that. Especially after a successful hunt. Oh, yeah. But it was like the first pretty day that I have seen in weeks, I feel like. And because uh, I even got the opportunity to hunt California this year. It never rains in California. And it did. I, and I get out there and it rained the whole time I was there. Oh, man. <laughs> and so I have been just living in like terrible weather. So have a successful hunt, cook out, sit around the porch, sitting out in the sun, enjoy the afternoon. I kind of enjoy being able to do things like that. And it was a great trip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing like crappie, a fire, and a cold beer, right? Exactly. Yeah. Can't so that made, it. so your Missouri bird was number 11 on the year already. Well, that is correct. Uh-huh. Oh, it's, it's, uh, I'm fortunate. I know I am. Uh, you know, just so people don't think I'm a crazy person. Well, no, I am a crazy person. <laughs> but the, the way that I got to 11 is uh, we are fortunate. We get to film an episode with John and Gina every year. So, we kick off, and I say we, I'm talking about Brent Feathers, who's our vice president of sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the opportunity, we go film what they call one of their Florida episodes. They like to yep. showcase their home state and show people you can hunt and fish in Florida. Yeah, and that's addicted to the outdoors. Yep, addicted to the outdoors. Yeah. It's a great show, uh, and, and I'm, I'm speaking specifically about that Florida show they do every year because they bring us down and show me things I never knew about Florida. Uh, and then this year, so we got to do the, uh, we had the opportunity to do a little sheep's head gigging, you know, gigging for fish oh, really? right out, uh, right out, right there in the bay, uh, like airboat, 18 inches of water. It was pretty neat. Uh, and then we do our turkey hunt. So we were successful there. I was able to kill my two birds in Florida, come home. I kill one in my home state on our property in Tennessee. So that was three. And Brad Miller, uh, who has become a good friend of mine, has been on me for years because he knows I'm trying to kill one in all 49 states. And he's like, I've got a place we can go in California. So I go out there, and we're fortunate enough to kill two out there. So that puts me at five. And the, the bad thing is, it's like there's people like all over that are still – I felt like a, a, a horribly rude, terrible person because I see all these people <laughs> posting on like social media how – you know, I can't wait till my season starts. And I'm like, I've already killed five. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm feeling done like that. I probably just don't want to tell anybody this. And so Brent and I meet up in Texas after I leave there. And that was, that's probably the craziest hunt I've ever been on in the sense that I have never hit birds that perfect. Like yeah. anytime, anywhere. We had, uh, in 24 hours, we had eight setups and we had killed all eight of our birds. Like uh-huh. we done. And I was like, that's just crazy. Uh, so that took me to nine, like really quick. Yep. Uh, and then I went to Donna Candy's before I came here, so I killed my Iowa bird and came down here and killed this one. And now I've got, like I was saying earlier, I've got a few more stops. I'm going to go meet Brad again in Indiana. And the, the neat thing about hunting at Brad's is we can hunt three states out of that 
out of his cabin. Yeah. So I can do Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, and then I'll go see Levi. Uh, try to hunt, try to kill one in Pennsylvania. Uh, th- that trip doesn't have a lot of time, but uh, if things work out, I might have opportunity to go to West Virginia, maybe. That's, yep. But I'll, I'll definitely have time to try to kill one opening weekend in Pennsylvania. Uh, and then I'll come home after that for a couple of days, and my last hunt of the year, I'm actually going to Maine. Okay. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah. You were I, up there last year, too, weren't you? Uh, I did upstate New York last upstate year. Upstate New York, okay. And so it, it was crazy because I had... Uh, you know, when when you hear New York, like you don't think, oh man, they got a lot of turkeys, right? Uh, so Jameson Crest does uh, a lot of production work in the industry, and he, he's working on Levi's show. So I had met him through Levi Morgan, and he had been on me about you got to come up there. We got turkeys everywhere, and I'm like, whatever. There are no yeah. turkeys in New York. So I go to upstate New York, and he was the place we hunted. I could be wrong about this, but I want to say he, it was, I'm almost sure he said it was 20 minutes from the Canadian border. I mean, it's like way north. Really? And I'm not exaggerating. There were turkeys in like every field that yeah. we drove past. And I'm like, this is insane. And so he had was able to stop and get permission. So I killed my New York bird last year. So I, I was kind of close to being up there last year. And I'm looking forward to doing Maine this yep. year. I, I actually have a, a friend that I went to college with uh, that has hunted with this same guide in Maine, and he said he's a neat guy and that they were able to tag out while they were up there, so I'm hoping it kind of works out for me. Yeah, yeah. And there's a magic number you're trying to get to. Yes. Which you're not trying to get ahead of yourself. Yeah, I'm not trying to get One ahead of myself. At a time, but I knew I shouldn't have told you that. You're dragging know, it down no, here. I'm bringing it out. <laughs> bringing it out. Everybody wants to know, did he succeed? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to jinx myself right now. Like, I won't shoot another turkey the rest of the year when I bring this up. <laughs> like, I'm done. Thank you so much. I'm not going to kill another turkey the rest of the year. But uh, I, for some reason, I just thought it was a neat number. I, uh, If I'm fortunate enough to kill three more this year, I've got, you know, what, five more opportunities. Yep. Uh, then that would, if I take 16, 17, 18, that would give me 40 birds over that. A three-year period. Yeah, over three years. Three period. seasons. Yeah. And, and 16, I don't know that I consciously do it. I think it just kind of happens naturally. But as I get into each season, I give myself these these arbitrary goals that just kind of pop up. But I think they help keep me motivated over the long haul. Uh, I want to say it was four or five years ago probably four i believe I'm, i should remember off the top of my head but i don't but i wanted to kill a, a, a north just not i mean a, a u.s slam just the grand slam in 30 days yeah and that that story is a little funny in itself because that was when i had to tell john brunson like i'm not leaving florida until i kill this osceola <laughs> and so i was down there like a week it was like horrible i'm surprised he didn't like have me arrested and thrown yeah. out so so that year it was like all right i want to kill the slam in 30 days uh and then the next year i wanted to kill birds birds in 10 states in one season so that was uh 16 and yep. I, so i killed 11 birds that year and i i learned a lot uh actually there's, there's so much you learn when you challenge yourself like that because yeah. you're going to uh new locations you don't know the land that well uh you know here i'm fortunate that you guys like put in the work and are able to like help me get it done be successful there's a lot of places i go where like levi or 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 even don and candy where they can they'll take me and they'll be like all right here's the property see at dinner yeah yeah just call when you're done (laughs) and so i kind of have to figure it out on my own and i actually like that you know I, I, i don't want the outfit or everything i want to challenge myself you know where the birds roost in and 
when you do that, like over a two or three day window, it can be a wreck. I mean, you get uh-huh. up there and you're having to analyze and do everything in these real tight confines of time. And so that year that I killed 11, I think I, uh, I made a mess of things because I started to rush. I, I, I was trying to squeeze too much into different windows of time, but I was able to do it. But I went into last year. I didn't hunt as many days last year, but mm-hmm. I learned, all right, you got to take a break. You know, you need to sleep in. You just need to get rest, be on your game because it's hard to stay intense all day oh, when yeah. you're yeah. tired. Right. Because all you can think about it, you know, 830 is, I need to nap. Yeah. <laughs> right. I need to nap. <laughs> that 330 ring uh, yeah. alarm <laughs> is getting all full tiring. So I learned last year, and I, 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 I took more time to rest, but I still made all the trips. So I was only, I only, I say only, but I was only in the woods 16 days last year. Oh, really? And I killed 15 turkeys. Yeah. So that's a pretty good year. Yeah, it's a pretty mm-hmm. good average. And, and I'm starting to see that the same approach has worked for me this year. Like, I've only, I haven't counted it in my head, so I might be off a day or two right now. But I've killed 11 turkeys. And because of Texas, you know, when you right. mow four down in one day, that kind of shortens, you know. Uh, but I, I want to say I've only hunted nine days, huh. nine or ten days, and I have 11 wow. turkeys. Yeah. So I think, you know, the strategy, and, it, you know, and I'm not trying to dole out advice here because I, I can get around to this later, but I think there's only one piece of advice that matters when you're turkey hunting. But in, in this instance, I think getting your rest does help. Yeah. I think you keep pushing it, pushing it. And it's helped me, like, I get less stress about work. I'll take a day and, you know, I'll actually work. I'll just be on the road and do it from, like, somebody's cabin or yep. you know, hotel room. And, and so I don't get as worried about work. I think eliminating the distractions, getting rested actually makes it – makes or allows me to have more effective hunts. Right. Mm -hmm. But the one piece of advice I would give people, because you you, you hear people like, well, you need to set up and you need to do this and you need to call this. And Joe's advice is great. You know, let's get out there and do the homework. Like know everything you can. But when it comes down to it and you're in the field and you're in the hunt, the only one that matters is kill him when you can kill him. That's right. Don't let him get away. (laughs) If he's in range, he needs to die. Yes, yes. When you can, because, you know, you can have all of the, because turkeys are so neurotic. Oh, yeah. They're not going to do this. You could have the exact same scenario 10 days in a row, same bird even. He's not going to do the same thing. He's going to do a different thing. 10 days in a row, he's going to do a different thing. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, and, and there's instances where you can pattern one and he'll do the exact, you know, he'll come into the decoy and do exactly what you expect him to do. But that's, they're neurotic. They're crazy. Right. I tell people they're not that smart. They just have the best instincts, the best survival skills. Because right. yep. it's weird sometimes, you know, throw the head up and it's like, what in the world spooked that guy? Yeah. But he didn't like something and he's like, uh-huh. gone. So the only advice I ever give out for turkey hunting, you know, people are like, well, tell me how to do this. Tell me. I'm like, kill him when you can kill him. (laughs) That's the only thing that matters. Uh (laughs) And that, well, that goes, what you're saying there goes to our first hunt this year on opening day. Yeah. We had that four gobblers on all four, four sides of us. Yeah. Just got in the middle of them, man. I I knew where, knowing the terrain features, I knew where they were actually at, roosted. And uh, knew how to get in really tight on them, but essentially we got right in the middle of them. So when we when we got in there and uh, got set up in the middle of them, you know, we're getting in quiet, not calling. We was in there getting in quiet with crow calls and got in tight on them, set up. Thought we had a good setup. I mean, we were just off the ridge, yeah. uh, but the angle of the terrain, we had to get off. Essentially, we were looking uphill at the decoys, and uh, there was a small dip that we, you know, you're setting up low light. You just didn't know, but uh, 
when that first bird came in, he was just in that dip, and all we'd catch was his head and his fan back and forth, back and forth, right forever, and he just wouldn't commit. You know, he was. Uh, but possibly could have killed him. We, I, I, I could have shot. I mean, yeah. I am not going to lie, and I was milking it for a little bit of better footage, and I, I thought he'd eventually work in, but in long, you know, knowing now, the other bird, the bigger bird that was probably beating him up. Uh, as he got closer, that bird got nervous and worked off. Yeah, he kind of left, and then the, the bigger bird come in. I got him anyhow. That's, that's what I want. <laughs> you know, hey, and on this instant, you know, I did offer to Derek. I said, you know, he's coming from behind us on the left. I said, now this is your opportunity. You can take him. You know, all video because he couldn't see at that point. The uh, video, you know, had the mic or the camera was turned and. I was like, you just pick up your gun, you can kill it all video, you know, trying to pay right. him back for last year because yeah. that's a whole nother. No, we won't get into that. We didn't finish that story. <laughs> we were starting the last year thing. Starting the last year thing. Okay, so last year. All right. We're so hunting. Like, yeah. We're hunting the farm that we're trying to get Tom this bird, a giant bird. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right, so. This is where I killed yesterday, correct? No, yeah. Is this the same, yeah farm? same farm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Same farm. Out of that tower blind. Out of that, that tower We walked line. past. Yeah. So, yeah, we're. Uh, Joe's got a bird scouted out. He's got him ready for Tom. It's got Tom's name on it. But the bad storm couldn't get right. in there. Yeah, and then we out. then we saw the bird at where we were staying at the cabin <laughs> on my brother and sister in law's place. We ended up killing that one. So Joe and I go back to hunt your bird. Mm-hmm. And Joe says, "Hey, you know, you're not going to be able to hunt much the rest of the year. You kill." I was like. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I was like, are you sure? He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you kill. Yeah. You kill. I already see where this is at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're setting up nice and this cozy. This where he throws me under the bus. Right, right, yeah. right. He's firing up, up the engine. Nice right, and right. cozy. Nice and cozy. And with the cameras right in between us. Were you under that tower stand? Yeah. 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 It's like a three-sided building. That, I was going to say, that, and they had the hay under it last year. You could lay down and take a nap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stay yeah. all yeah. day. Hey, I know where to go. Man. Get, yeah. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Get so, bored, take a nap. Three-sided, so you can only see out of one side. And uh, we got the decoys in front of us, and this bird didn't gobble at all. Did not, not gobble, time. no. He was a very mature bird, and, and it was, what, second week probably then? It was the second week. Second yeah. week, so he's heard. Or third week. It was the last week. It was, Yeah, it was. The third so, week, because you were uh, guiding. Guiding up north, yeah. The second week. So, I mean, it was, you know, this bird's done heard everybody call to him. And uh, he wasn't going to let us know he was there. And... Uh, I mean, do you want to tell the story? So, yeah, so I think yeah, Derek's no, no, no. is funnier I, I than to, mine because I right. I'll, I won't tell it really how it is probably. So, <laughs> Derek's over there like revenue yeah, on the he's bus. He's like, anyway. I want this one. I want this one. I was like, okay, all right, I'll let detail it. So yeah. we're sitting there, and, uh, and I hear it about the same time you do. We hear something coming through the wheat because the wheat's probably uh, 10 inches high probably, yeah. roughly. We hear something coming through the wheat, and we hear some drumming. Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Joe's like, "Oh, he's coming," and I re- start to reach for my gun. And Joe, I see him out of the corner of my eye. He's got his gun shoulder. He's like, "Are you sure you don't want to shoot?" I was like, <laughs> "Okay, I'll video." <laughs> hey, I'm sorry when that bird's beard come flopping right beside me on that old blind. I said, "Uh, you got him? No, all right, <laughs> yeah, click." No, no, it wasn't. You got him. He says. You sure you don't want to shoot? <laughs> I, was, I thought I agreed that I'd shoot first earlier, but no, you're the cameraman. Don't worry Derek. about yeah. it, you're the cameraman. So yeah, so I, you I, see I, the I hunter, thought... you see the hunter cam in the, 
you know, the hunter cam, the little GoPro shining back on us. And I just picked up my gun. I'm holding my gun in one hand. And I'm holding the camera in the other like, <laughs> okay, shoot him. <laughs> and then he's inch and a half spurs or something crazy like yeah, that. Yeah, he, he was a good bird. Giant man. bird. Look, you should subscribe to the same theory that Joe and I do. <laughs> Kill him when you can kill yeah. him. Well, I was <laughs> about to kill gun, him, man. Yeah, fastest one. That thing was unholstered the minute I heard him drumming. Uh-huh. It was up and ready. I, you got him? No. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. So but this year, year I did. I, I let him. He was gonna I, I mean, the bird me was coming one. in from behind it. He had circled and was coming in and gobbling, and and I could see him finally coming through the timber. And I was like, dude, he's all the way on your left. You can't see the camera. I got it. I'll, so I reach over and I'm working, working the camera, and he's coming up. And I mean, he was in range. I think yeah, or right at it. Brush, there I was couldn't. just too much. It was really thick. And he was actually walking a logging road and uh, come up around, and then then it was on my angle, and Derek had to take over camera. Thank goodness, because uh, it was another good bird. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, he comes in and. And I, w- I let him take those other five steps and get up out of that dip, and I was like, it's game over because I didn't want two birds opening one right. to get away. We could have. He probably would have come to that decoy. He, he would have. He was but a mature again, bird. Not but taking you don't a chance. Know. Kill him when you can. You kill, can. Kill yeah. him when you yeah. can kill him. Because you don't know. I mean, it's just like the first bird. It looked. It was a mature bird. I mean, I think that bird was probably three. The first one. It's just uh, when he sent, when he locked up when he seen the Jake decoy. He just locked up. Wait a minute, who, who killed the first bird on opening day? I know y'all both killed. He did. I did. So I killed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. I said I let him have a chance, but have I. You learned nothing, Derek. No. Well, <laughs> I said going in that you're first on the gun because I just killed in Illinois. So I've got That's one right. down. He did get me up this year. He killed in Illinois. Had a had a tag for Illinois, so. Yeah, he was gonna let me shoot. I just, you know, I was being the nice guy because he couldn't video, and I was like, "Well, he's on your side. I'll let you shoot him." You know, and it worked out. He come around. And I had to take him, but yeah. he was another good bird, man. As a twenty-five and a half pounder, I mean, two, what was it? Inch, inch and, and three, a quarter, inch, inch and, and three eighths. One of yeah. yeah, big bird, man. Just awesome. Yeah, yeah, real good bird. And then we went to, well, so then we had four other or three other birds after you killed that one. And they pretty much shut up not too long after you killed him. Yep. Yeah. They were moving through. We got one to shot gobble with that crow call right over the ridge. But I think he probably busted us. Yeah. I think it was more of a, a, it was a shock. He, we, we surprised him. We were too close when we called and he knew something wasn't up. Yeah. You know, and kind of boogered out of there. But you're going to have that. I mean, we were just literally trying to get back to the truck and strike one. I already had in my head where we were going to go because it was, getting really really windy and and it's cold and nasty and i had found a, the the biggest bird i was after that i wanted to kill this year it was going to be a tough bird because of the terrain features where it was at and the crop fields around it it was rye or wheat that was planted really early so the normal area where these birds would strut on a normal year they weren't even in it i mean the the, the neighbor the guy who owns the ground he wasn't even seeing the birds because of the fact that they just literally can't strut in it right so luckily i had permission to hunt the farm behind it and i went in there a week before season on a really windy day to check my browning cameras and find him see if he was in the, on that side and he just happened to be uh breeding a hen and gobbling down off the hillside and i spotted him i was like you just screwed up because gotcha. well that's where you go back to saying you know you want to know you don't necessarily want to scout in the mornings no, where I, they are because you want to find that spot that 
if you don't kill off the roost or if you got a couple guys like we were hunting, mm-hmm. if you do kill off the roost, now we got to go find that 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock strut. And those, are, those, are the her, those are the hard birds because if you just go walk into a woods and try to strike a bird, it does happen. I mean, it will. And the latter and the longer in the year or season you go, you know, they won't have as many hands to breed. But knowing that you need to get in there and get in quiet and get set up and then start calling to him is going to help your odds, you know. Because it was 30-mile-an-hour winds. I yeah. mean, literally, the fan wouldn't even stay in the ground. It right. was just wanting to blow over. So let's and, talk about that setup. In a little bottom, yep. big, steep hill, ridge, cliff, whatever you want to call it, across the tiny little creek. We hopped up in that. You stuck your Jake decoy out there, your hen decoy, a feeding hen, and you just stuck the fan out there. I just ground. stuck the fan out there because on a windy day, I like to stick a fan out. You know, a lot of guys used them. I mean, I've used them for a very long time. That was a trick that, uh, you know, the guy who taught me how to hunt, he he, he taught me that. And and, a, and another gentleman from Louisiana that come up, and it was another uh, family kind of thing that I grew up hunting with. And, and he taught me everything, deer hunting, turkey hunting. I mean, everything come from him. I grew up on a dairy farm, so there was no hunting. You know, I, I learned a little bit later, 15, 14, 15 years old, that's when he started taking me under his wing and showing me what to do and how to kill them. It's not about being the best caller in the world. I mean, I've gotten better over the years, but that's not what I'm after. I want to know what to say, when to say it, and how to how to get in on them and, and kill them and do the scouting part of it. And it's kind of got to where that's what I get into is the scouting, you know, finding that little bitty flat that, you know, it's tucked up in the timber, that talking about this spot, and it's got pasture, but it's uphill pasture. So when it's super windy, he's going to get in that little bitty pat you know that little bitty flat out of the wind but he can still you know it's like you or me do we want to go stand up on top of that hill and just get blown and beat to death are we going to go down there and do the same thing we're going to do up there but you're out of the wind it's you know the path of less uh yeah so we get set up and you know i'm comfortable i'm ready to sit there all day and joe's says you know what? We're not going to see anything. I'm yeah. not feeling it. This is not what Joe said. <laughs> no, this is not what he said. We're set up here, and I hit. I, I take my old box call out that, uh, I mean, it's killed a lot of big birds. And on those days, I want something high-pitched, real loud, screechy, and I'm just hitting that thing. Just, you know, as hard as I could, I'm hitting that box call. Because it's so windy, he can't hear it, you know, I'm thinking. And uh, we watch the footage back of my kill. You know, we're just kind of chilling. I get the coffee out. I'm drinking a cup of coffee out of the thermos, chilling. Watch our hunt, put the thing away, uh, hit the call again. And Derek's looking at me, and all of a sudden I see his eyes get like softballs. And literally he goes, there he is, there he comes, you know, there he comes. And I'm like, what? And I turn my head, and I see that paintbrush just bouncing on that old sucker. I'm like, oh, boy. So I look down and I'm like, how do you even turn this camera on? You know, it's a different camera than I got. So I'm trying to turn the camera on. He's getting on the bird and and uh, I end up kind of, I don't know, screeching something out of my mouth, you know, to get him to turn his head and look back. But that thing, he that sucker come in and tried to tackle the decoy. And well, he jumped over the fan. He yeah, came, he jumped right over, over the it. fan. He jumped over the fan. Then saw there wasn't a body attached to it, I guess. Yeah. And he jumped away, and then he saw the Jake decoy, ran to it. Yeah, it's like he was going to body slam that sucker. He came yeah. in and tried to breast bump that thing. And then I think the wind was blowing so hard it spun it or something, and then that's about the time you got the camera yep. on. That's about the time I got the camera on him, and he's kind of working away. I made a screech, whatever, and I could tell that 
there was some brush right in front of us because literally we're sitting on a hillside just shooting straight out at him and uh, i'm like i bet Derek can't even shoot you know i got a good angle but he he was just behind that brush and luckily he took about two more steps and it yeah. was game over but i i had already known in my head which bird it was and i was i was so jacked because i was like i can't believe i mean it happened so fast but knowing that you killed that bird that you came in there after it was such a and, it, and on the weather conditions that happened i was just ecstatic i mean i i was grinning ear to ear and i mean he of course you love killing a big bird but oh it's my big yeah 26 pounds 12 inch horsetail oh, of man, a beard crazy. i mean literally that's what somebody said uh one of the guys saw the facebook picture of yeah. it and i put it on the team page and I can't remember who said that. And then he said, it looks like a horsetail. I was like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. You should have seen it swinging <laughs> yeah, as he's so running was, in. It, it was like a sail. I'm surprised he could even run. It was like pulling him left, you know, yeah. hanging hanging to the side of him when he's running. But, uh, no, that was an awesome hunt, man. I'm glad you got him. It, uh, it means a lot whenever I can take somebody and they kill a bird like that, you know. Means a lot. That's why I tried to set it up for Tom last year, but then it went rained on him. <laughs> Derek's just glad right. you let him shoot. Yeah, yeah oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. I didn't have a tag, so I couldn't really do it. I mean, yeah. I like, he typically takes me to the two-year-old spot. Yeah, I do. I will not lie. Hey, you know, I have no shame in a two-year-old. Well, you know, it's one of them things where I say, you know, guys will be, you know, they'll come out with me and we'll have a bad morning or something, you know, and they're like. Man, you know, it's kind of down. I thought I thought you was a professor, you know, and then I get the feedback from this guy, you know, feedback professor guy, you know. I'm like, well, you know, that just means that you're really my good friend, you know. And they go, why? I said, because I ain't taking my good friends to the good spots. Shoot, man. Y'all don't tip very well, you know. Hell, the old lady, it took her like six years before I took her to a good spot. Then what do we do? Bam, bam, we double on opening morning. She goes, finally, I finally earned the good spot, you know. I'm like, well, well, you know, <laughs> it happens. It happens. But uh-huh. it's been a great year, man. I just I'm glad I get to experience this. Glad I got to be a part of the team, and uh, and it, and that's what it's all about is camaraderie and doing this stuff together and hanging out. You know, I mean, feeding on each other, like you said, Tom. It's like yeah. if you just did this by yourself, there's no way I could get up. You know, you're not getting any sleep. You're getting up there early. You're going out there grinding it, especially on these in the rough days when they're not talking a whole lot. Right. If you didn't have guys feeding off of other guys in other states killing, keep you motivated to go at it, you know, it it, it would get tough. It would yep. get real tough. So, Yep. And you got a long way to go still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I One do. One week down. For us, we've just us, got two we weeks got, left. Yeah. Tom's got like two months. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'll still be killing them when they're snowing right. again. Uh, it, it was funny last year when I was talking about the upstate New York hunt. I never in my life thought I would kill one that late. I killed it on uh, May 31st last year. May oh 31st. Goodness. Wow. Like, I think their season ran to, to June 1st. I think I'm getting that exactly right. But did yeah. you give or take a day, like, I killed, like, as, I, I was like, I didn't even know you could kill turkeys this late. Yeah. In the year. But upstate New York, you can go till, again, I don't remember exactly. I think it's June. I don't know that it says June 1st. I hadn't looked at the calendar this yeah. year, so I don't remember if they do the same thing every year. But. I was like, this is crazy. It might be just that last Sunday of the month, I think. Of May. But, it's, but it just, yeah. I just know it runs late. And I was like, I never in the world thought I'd do See, this. See, that's a long turkey season because you're hunting. What, when is Florida open? The first week in well, March? The the area that we hunt Florida in is north of uh, Tampa. And so it's part of 
there's a highway that kind of dissects the the peninsula in Florida, and I, I want to say it's uh, State Highway 70, I believe is what they call it. And uh, anything south of that is the first of March, and the zone that we hunt is. There's not an exact date, but it's that Monday that's in the middle of the month. So sometimes okay. it's like March 18th, sometimes it's like March 15th, 16th. So it's in that same time frame. So that's the zone we kick off in. Yeah. And, and the gentleman that's kind enough to let us kind of hunt his facilities is, uh, we kind of return the favor. We let him sell his opening weekend, and so they're able to kind of bring some hunters in and get their season off to a good start. And then we usually come in that Tuesday. Yeah. So that's when I start every year, and that's a nice trip to do it on because we enjoy getting to visit with John and Gina, and we spend yeah. some time, uh, you know, just visiting with their family and friends, and uh, that's a nice way to kick off turkey season. So I'm I'm okay. I've, as bad as I want to get started every year, I, I've kind of made peace with like this is a good way to start it with family and friends down here, and I've been going for it. It's usually about a two month season for me, right? Because then I've got Memphis May World Barbecue Cooking Championships yeah. that always kind of. This year I'm not gonna try. I'm just not gonna hunt after it because I missed out on some fishing. So yeah. I'll start fishing after that. But I'm, it's okay. It's it's a busy spring for me. Yeah, I get a little work done. Right. <laughs> now you're in Mexico last year, right? You got your World Slam last year. Is uh, that right? I did the Royal last year. Royal. Uh, so la- I was really fortunate in, in the context of all that. So I, I killed birds. You know, the previous year I wanted to kill birds in, in two states or ten states in one season. Last year I wanted to kill a Royal Slam. Uh, and so, so the Royals, the uh, which the oscillated. Uh, that's with the Goulds. That's the Goulds. Okay. Yep. And, and the Goulds, I think, from a pure like as we see turkeys, like as we see Easterns and Rios and Miriams in, in, here in the United States, I think of the birds that have that look. The Goulds is the prettiest. Yeah. That big wide. I mean, it's like ivory band on the on the colors. Really pretty birds. Uh, you know, a lot of people like the look of the isolated, but I think it looks, you know, the coloration very peacocky is where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So it doesn't have the traditional look. It's a pretty bird. It just doesn't have what we view right. as the traditional turkey look. But anyway, I saw so I do Florida. I'm able to kill. I got really fortunate to kill two down there. And I'm, you know, Easterns. I hunt enough states that have Easterns. I was able to get a couple of those. Then I killed uh, three in Texas. So then I go down to uh, El Halcon Lodge and Outfitters. It's Manuel Enrique. A lot of people from NWTF know him. And so I kind of asked around, and you feel really safe. It's a really great experience. It's kind of like the old Mexico experience. You go into yeah. the Sierra Madre Mountains, and I was fortunate enough to kill two down there. And the bad thing about coming up with these goals is as you get further along, you start checking the boxes, you know, because yeah. I, I, I had no intentions of doing a double Royal last year. Like that yeah. was not the goal. Cause I, it's hard enough to kill a Turkey. So, I, but I start looking and I'm like two, Osce- two Osceola's <laughs> I got my Easterns got three Rio's got two Goulds. All of a sudden I'm like hyperpendal. I'm like, Oh, this Wyoming, South Dakota deal. <laughs> So I was nervous wreck going to Wyoming. I'm like, uh-huh. now I feel the pressure to actually kill two Miriams. And the place I go has birds, but the terrain is really difficult. You're kind of on a calendar because I had driven that bef- the year before, and it was like 24 hours, and that's just a brutal road trip by yourself. So I, I decided to fly. So once you fly, you kind of lock yourself into like when you're going to be able to be there, and yeah. when you have to leave. And so I could feel the pressure. And like the first day, like, 
I missed. <laughs> Man. Yeah, so then the pressure really starts to build. You're like, oh, I, you know, it, things worked out where I had like two and two and two, and I was ever going, I was going to be able to do the double royal. And the next morning, though, it just it was one of those things, you know, you get real fortunate. Like, we, we set up next to some birds that were right to our left, and it's one of those weird turkey things. They're gobbling, they're gobbling, and they're there all morning. They, we can't get them to budge, and it's like 8.30, and we've been sitting there a couple of hours. And, and, and the guy I'm sitting with just asked me to hit my box call just because it sounded different than his, and I hit it about three good yelps. And it's like 500 yards away the other direction. This bird loses his mind. <laughs> yeah. And finally, he just elbows me. He's like, and you can see the turkey running over the hills to get to us. And I'm like, oh what? Goodness. So we killed him, and then we had gone over. He's got a, a friend in South Dakota that's got some property. It's like a little river that runs through the back of his property. And it's it's near Belfouche, so it does. It takes about 45 minutes to get there. But after thinking that I wasn't going to kill anything, I had filled my South Dakota and my Wyoming tags like the next day before lunch pretty yeah. much. Wow. So th- th- that was a neat experience. I don't know that I'm equipped emotionally to put myself in that kind of pinch again because <laughs> the, the irrational obsession that I have with turkey hunting, you, it really is. You start, you start checking all the boxes as you go yeah. through your season. You're like, yeah, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. And then when you get to the, like the last check mark, <laughs> the, you, the internal pressure is like suffocating. You're like, oh, my gosh. Huh. No, I haven't been anywhere other than Missouri and Illinois. Have you been anywhere else? Um, no, I haven't. Yeah. Never killed anywhere else. But there's always next year. Right. <laughs> I, I, we're, I, I, we're, we're, we were talking before uh, we started, so we're, we're going to make some trips. Yeah, yeah we, kicked, some stuff we kicked together. around an idea on a couple of states. We need to plan that and do yeah. it. Yeah. We'll take you, the, you, you and the, you, me and the professor will go yeah. trying to yeah. do some damage in another state. Somewhere. Oh, yeah. Well, let's thin, see if. Thin some other states out here. Right. Right. Yeah, see if uh, Pennsylvania and Wyoming and all these other states can handle the professor here. Oh, that's the good thing about his style of hunting uh-huh. that I think plays well, like consistently across all the platforms. Yeah, like if you if you just want to shoot them, <laughs> you're gonna do whatever it takes. Yeah. If you have to hike, you know, I was telling y'all like Wednesday of this week, I walked nine miles turkey hunting. Uh-huh. Because they weren't goblin. You know, we'd go Crest Hills, Glass, walk some more, walk some more. Because if they're not goblin, that's really... You're I mean, limited. Uh, yeah, unless you know exactly where they're going to feed. Yeah. You know, if, and, and it, I have like a day and a half to figure out what they're doing up there. So yeah. it's hard to really put your eggs in that one basket where I'm just going to go sit here, sit here. And clock, clock ticking, man. you got to do something. you got to walk. you got to make it happen. Uh-huh. And, and mm-hmm. so... When you really want to be successful on those hunts, and that's kind of what how Joe and I had tick. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not eating tag soup. No, no, that just ain't my thing. No, you're gonna have to drag me in that truck, to get me to go home. Yes, if it, it ain't tagged, it's gonna, it's gonna. I want another day. I want another day. Yes, yes. That 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 that's. I mentioned it earlier. That's still John and Gina still laugh about that because. They had taken us to a place where they'd had some success in the past. And, like, we're three days into it, and John's, like, filming for the episode, and he's got a camera guy down there with me. And the camera guy's filming me, and I'm texting. I got my BlackBerry out at this point, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, banging away on the phone. And they're like, what are you doing? I said, I'm telling them I'm not coming to the airport. 
<laughs> and he's like, I thought we had to get out of here. Don't you move. <laughs> you ain't going anywhere. <laughs> so we got out of the woods. I called John. I'm like, I'm not leaving Florida until we kill this turkey. I need this Osceola because it's the only way I can kill the Grand Slam this year. Yeah. <laughs> so he made some calls to some buddies. He's like, I think I got a place we can get you. So they get me, and I end up having to hunt two or three days there. And I, it, it was that phase that the turkeys are in where they'll gobble on the roost. And Osceola's don't gobble a lot as it is. Yeah. But they were in that phase where they had already broken up, so there weren't any flocks. Everything's kind of traveling solo, maybe pairs of some two-year-old gobblers. It would be about it. Mm-hmm. And they're just walking. And I mean, so you would almost literally have to like sit there with your gun on your knee and just wait. You know, you yeah. go to food sources, and invariably, like the first few days, I'd sit on a food source and he'd come in behind me you know peck me in the back of the head almost <laughs> or he would come in at 200 yards and so it just wouldn't work out and so that's why that's why i say joe would be successful in any state he went to because he would do the same thing be like uh i'm not leaving your state until i have killed one of your turkeys <laughs> i'm gonna figure him out give me right. one more day <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> i can do this yeah. uh, well that's good man i love turkey hunting i haven't gotten into it except for the last really seriously three years four years now yeah. well, i still I haven't yeah I've never, i haven't committed this much time to it until like recently like the last four or five years mm-hmm. you know it's just worked out uh, the way that the work ha- has become pretty seasonal for what i do because like under my responsibilities it's a lot of the trade shows and a lot of things like that that i'll have to be present at and so after we go through like the shots and the atas you know i'm really buried then but it's, it's, there's a lot of that that goes on during the summer too, and I'm like I've got some training that I have to go to, so there's another stretch during the summer where I'll be gone away from home for like eight weekends in a row. Yeah, you know, and so 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 they they kind of tolerate me like you know taking a little time to be on the road, and like I said, yep. it's, since I'm a remote anyway, I'm not like in the office like I'm a remote when I'm at home, so it doesn't yeah. matter if I'm in your living room or my living room, right? When I'm having to get something done, so it, it works out and. I, it's become an unhealthy obsession to some degree. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love it, man. We love that you come in. Um, well, I appreciate the invites, the hospitality. Uh, something I do want to mention before we go away, because yep. you, you came to it last year. I do want to mention a couple of weeks ago, you had my good friend Randy Birdsong in here. Yes. Uh, I do want to mention the, the St. Jude 3D archery shoot that they do over yep. in Poplar Bluff. It's the, usually the second weekend in August. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're listening and you get the opportunity to come over to it, it is a magnificent event. Uh, some of the guys from the break were able to attend last year, and we bring in well, – we tried to bring in a few of our TV shows, you know, from Browning Trail Cameras. Uh, so Don and Candy from Whitetail Freaks were there. Uh, obviously, Randy and Nate Hosey were there from Headhunters. Yeah. John and Gina came from Addicted to the Outdoors. A lot of the Trained Assassin guys. Yeah, I was going to say Craig Fitz and some of his guys from Trained Assassins were there. I think ultimately... Some jury guys were there. Yeah, I think we Brandon had... Jen, uh, was Brandon there? Yeah, he was there. Yeah, Brandon was there. I think it was like eight shows were represented. Yeah. So, so it's, a, it's a nice VIP event that we do like in the Coliseum there. Uh, and so ultimately the, the St. Jude heroes of Poplar Bluff was able, they were able to donate over a hundred thousand dollars to St. Jude last year. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, so it's a really neat event the way that they, they manage that and run it. It's so well put together. So before we got away, I just wanted to mention that, like, if you get a chance, you know, you can go on Facebook, uh, and find, I'm not, I won't have the name exactly right, but you know, it's the St. Jude heroes of Poplar Bluff. That's okay. a 3d archery shoot. 
second weekend in August. Uh, lots of TV people there. There's a nice VIP dinner on Friday night. That, that will sell out. There's no question. Yeah. And we're already in the biggest facility in Poplar Bluff, I believe. So I mm-hmm. don't know that there's room to grow the ticket sales for that. But the Saturday 3D archery shoot, it's a really nice 3D archery course. Uh, treating it kind of like a little bit of a picnic this year. We'll have more games for you to bring the wife and kids out or whoever else wants to come out and kind of visit and mingle and raise a little money for charity there. Yep. Yeah, it's a great event. I had a blast there last year. Yeah. Yep. It's a – so I wanted to just mention that before that's we got good. out of here. Cause that's I a, think Randy's going to come in again before that event. Yeah, I think And if said, you're in town, you come in too. Oh, you want me and Randy in here at the same time? Yeah, then oh, I don't boy. have to talk at all. I exactly. You, guys. <laughs> you can take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. The first time – I don't even remember where it was. But, you know, I'm, so I'm a West Tennessee boy, and, you know, we'd all grown. Like, the town that I grew up in was, was a really, they grew a lot of cotton and soybeans when I was a kid. And my dad grew up in a, a rural community in West Tennessee. And, you know, it's not that far from south, you know, the southern part of Missouri. It's kind of like we all kind of chew the same dirt a little bit. Yeah. And so I forget where somebody, somebody had told me several times. They're like, oh, man, you ever meet Randy, you two will hit it off for sure. And it was like we were like automatically connected right out of the gate. I was like, "Oh, this boy's from my neck of the woods. <laughs> yeah, we speak the same language, exactly, man." Exactly. <laughs> so we're over there talking like you know, two country boys would from this part of the world, <laughs> and everybody's like looking at us like, "What is wrong with these guys?" <laughs> like I think they're making up words over there. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love Randy Death, so I'm, I'm glad I've gotten to know him and. Yeah, if we come in here, we can just you can, you can yeah. take a break. Go yeah, that's hall. right. Yeah. <laughs> Get some paperwork done. That's right. Right, yeah. right, right. Start editing. Come yeah. back, check yeah. on us a little later. Yeah. Work on the show, and you guys handle this. Right, right. Yep. All right, you want to plug anything with Browning Trail Cameras, all the new stuff you got coming out, or is it still top secret for next year? Uh, Nothing really. Uh, well, what I'll do, I can, I can tell you a little bit about what we've just recently introduced to yep. kick off 2018 uh, without getting into too much of the, the, the techie issues. Uh, in, in the sense that, you know, I can, you can look up like the trigger speeds and things like that, yep. but the things that are like really cool, we, we do have a dual lens technology this year. We've taken our strike force cameras and our dark ops cameras, which have been our two most popular cameras yep. over the last few years. Basically we have made two cameras in one, each one of those models, the dual lens, it's the, the strike ops pro XD or the dark ops pro XD, uh, you have a camera lens that is dedicated specifically to daytime images and videos. And there's a sensor connected strictly to that lens. And there's also a lens dedicated to your nighttime images. So it's tuned specifically for lighted images and tuned specifically for low light conditions. So you're going to get better images. You know, your quality is really going to be off the charts. Again, that's in a black flash and your standard infrared. Uh, Those cameras are really neat for people this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, I like that technology, being able to really fine-tune the, the quality images and videos we're able to deliver. Yep. Uh, we do have uh, – we, we've taken the other cameras that have been in the line and just kind of added a little more horsepower to those, the Spec Ops models, like the new Spec Ops Advantage, the, the Recon Force Advantage. Those have historically been what we call our standard-size camera, but they still only require eight AA batteries. Yeah. You know, they shoot the really high-end 1080p video. And that we've seen over the, over the last few years, more people have started to use the video strategically mm-hmm. 
you know, because that was one of the concerns when we really developed that technology is people don't want to leave it on video all the time because you're just burning batteries. But one of the things we tell people, like when we started trying to really introduce the technology is, let's say it's leading up to the rut where, you know, traditionally, maybe, you know, wherever your home state is, that maybe the rut starts to come in the first part of December every year. Maybe right after Thanksgiving, you put everything on video. Yeah. And then as you're able to check those, you see how the deer are interacting. You don't just have images of a deer. You don't have a nice buck in three does in the field. You see how they're interacting with each other. So we encourage people to use that video technology strategically. Uh, heck, you could use it for a lot of different purposes. But yeah. that, that's usually the, the best example that I can throw out there where even if you just did that once a year, mm-hmm. it really helps you like analyze like how and when you can really maybe even take a few extra days off during the rut to be out there right. when it's all going on. Yep. Um, we do have, uh, and this is no longer a secret, uh, a 4K camera that will be coming out in June. Yep. Uh, so there's a lot of excitement about that. We did not, uh, I say we, I'll say me. I don't, I don't want to speak for everybody else, but I was a little surprised at how excited a lot of people were about the 4K technology. Mm-hmm. I knew we had put a lot of effort into like convincing people that the video technology was useful. Uh, but when we announced that the 4k would be in the marketplace in June, we got, I mean, it was a lot of feedback. A lot of people were like, Ooh, that's pretty neat. And, yeah. and so we're looking forward to that being released. Uh, well, that should help out when you want to zoom into your pictures, right? Oh yeah. You pull absolutely. them up in your, you pull them up in your uh, computer and then you want to zoom in on them. They're not going to get as blurry as they would say on exactly now. Exactly. Like if you're in that 4k mode and, like you're really trying to see something, so so a deer will trigger it in the you know right in front of the camera, the 15 yards. But it's in a cornfield, and there's deer yeah. everywhere. There might be a deer out there at you know 115 yards. You're like, ooh, I need to get a better look at that dude. Yeah, you know, so that 4K can really come in handy with that because you're not interpolating any of the pixels or anything. Right, so right. That's gonna be awesome. And I can't. Uh, I'm. Those are the things that you know the dual lens technologies, the the 4K technologies. Those are the things that most people have seemed really excited about this yeah. year. And the fact that we've added a little more horsepower to the, the products that are already in the line has been really appealing to some of the people. You know, anytime you hear strike force with us, like those things fly off the shelves right. as fast as we can make them. Yep. So, uh, and the dark ops is that to some degree it's, it's the black flash camera. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's been interesting how the market has played out. I think that what we see is it, it's geography or, or, or you know, I go to Wisconsin for Deer Fest, and you go to you attend that with us every yeah. year. It's usually the the first weekend in August, and uh, you talk to a lot of people out there, and they're they're you've got to have no glow. Right. I got to have no glow. I need invisible flash. And then you go, you know, just one state down, you usually just bounce down to Iowa, and they're like, ah, I just use the low glow infrared. So I think that uh, you get in your social circles, and you convince one another that this yeah. this is more effective than the other. For me personally, we have a county road that dissects my farm at home. So I don't know if I'll talk to myself into it or not, but I think they see brake lights and cell towers. They see red lights all the time. So yeah. they seem to be relatively immune to anything that's got that low red glow. Yeah. Our deer don't seem to be bothered by it really. Uh-huh. I use both. I put my infrareds on the corner of fields. Right. to get a longer range where their heads are down. They're not looking at it at the camera. And I'll put right. all the black flashes over scrapes or trails where they're walking directly into it. So, you know, I use more infrared strike forces than yeah. I do dark ops. But And I've got, uh, 
and I'll probably have it uh, reposted here pretty soon because we've done it like once a year the last couple of years. About two or three years ago, I invested some time and I, t- I, I you know, and I, I, I documented the sourcing, so I'm giving NASA the reference. You know, I took some of the information about how nanometers work and how you know what windows you can see the human eye detects right. colors and things like that, and I explained the different flashes and and pretty great depth actually so that people would have a better understanding on you know why uh, a standard infrared image actually is, is a little better as mm-hmm. opposed to a black flash image and, and you know it's not that it's a bad image but the you're talking 850 nanometers versus 940 nanometers mm-hmm. so you start getting into some science and it can get confusing but i really broke it down in the, in the sense that you can just read it and not have to be a rocket scientist to understand why i would use this flash over this flash over this flash yeah uh, so i'll probably have that reposted to our website yeah. uh, here in a couple of weeks so that answers the question of why they call this the strike force 850 and the dark mm-hmm. ops 940 exactly the nanometer yep it's you're measuring those wavelengths yep. the, and the one of the reasons you know when you when you're talking about the bulbs for example and i kind of explained it in the article like the 850 so you're talking about the strike force that's your standard infrared it, it's because you see that red because it's closer to the spectrum that we can actually see as humans. Uh-huh. And, and when you get out to 940, you're further away from the spectrum that, that is visible so that you don't see the red anymore because yeah. you're getting further away from the window that we can see. And I, I'm, I'm, I will be, somebody will correct me. I'm 100% guessing these numbers because yeah. I don't have them in front of me. But like humans are like, I'm going to say like 350 to 700. I, I know that's not right. I, as I sit here and say those, I know it's not right, but that's kind of the gist of it. Right. Like, like we can see and make out colors between like 350 and 700 on that nanometer scale. And as you get further away from it, that's when you start, you don't see the flash. You, yeah. Now it's invisible, but it's still sending the wavelengths. And now, so that's how the imagery actually works because it's still being sent and transmitted. It's just, we I can't see you. it and things like that. Gets a little more, gets a little sciencey for me. Honestly, Way over my head. Truth. Yeah, you I just need deer pictures. Yeah, exactly. Just, just give me a camera, Tom. <laughs> yeah, true. Exactly. Give me a camera and tell me where to put it. Exactly. <laughs> but it was, you know, because people always would ask, and so we, I tried to write that in layman's terms when I really took that information and put it out there. So that's a resource for somebody if they're interested in that. And oh, like I said, I'll run it through the blog again, probably here in a couple of weeks, so everybody can go and kind of reference that leading right. up to their Sweet. leading up to their purchasing season. Yep. Well, good deal. All right, well, we've been going at it for an hour and 17 minutes. Oh, man. Flew by, didn't it? You guys were scared we couldn't talk for 20 minutes. Yeah, he goes, uh, we go, you know, me and Tom are going, what are we going to talk about? Oh, we're just going to wing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. that's a great idea, Derek. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting there eating breakfast this morning, and, uh, and Joe's like, all right, Derek, you know, how are we going to do it? We're going to have some structure to this. And Derek's like, oh, we're just kind of going to go wing it. And I'm like, you think that's a good idea? Yeah. Like, well, you might want to put some guardrails on this road here. Yeah. You might want to keep us between the ditches. Where's the bumpers? Just right. give me the bumpers. This? No, yes. Uh-huh. I, I'm just surprised that I didn't have to stamp a parental advisory label no, I, to I, this I, podcast. We watched our mouth. the professor is going to yeah. be in here. All right. I calmed it down a little bit. Yeah. I think we stayed on him enough the last two days. He was, yeah. like, prepared. He's like, uh-huh. oh, no. well, focus, 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 focus. focus. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Tom Rainey, Browning Trail Cameras, appreciate everything you do for Absolutely. us. Yep. You're, one of, you're you. our title partner, and we certainly couldn't do this without you. No, so. I'm, I'm glad to be a partner. Uh, everybody, on, everybody in our group is real happy with the relationship that we've got with you guys because y'all, y'all go above and beyond, and 
you know, that's part of the deal. You know, we were talking about it last night a little bit. You know, when you when you're looking to spend some dollars, you know, from an ad, advertising perspective, it's sometimes some people make it a little scientific, and you know, yeah. the reality is. With us, there's a little more art to it. Uh, you know, we want to partner with people that are good partners. We want to people partner with people that are just good people. And so y'all kind of check all those boxes, and y'all are willing to help us. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, from our perspective, if, if, we're, if we're looking to spend some advertising dollars and partner with people, we we want we want people to understand that we're still trying to move cameras, and you guys get that, and that y'all so yeah. y'all help us at trade shows, and y'all do what we need to do, and then you're also just good partners outside of that. So it's, it, it's a great relationship for us too. Well, good. Well, we're excited about it. And Joe, I'm glad I can teach you everything I know about turkey yeah, hunting. And you, you've turned I, into a good turkey hunter here in the last few well, years. Well, thank you, Derek. Thank I've been you, Derek. going I with you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that. I work real hard. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I do want to go back to that yeah. second. Because he, when he was talking about the fans earlier and he was like, I've been using that, that, that for like a long time. And I was sitting over here thinking, you know what that means, Joe? If you've been using it for a long time, you're getting older. Yeah, I heard that. I hear that. Yeah. I hear that, and I didn't. I didn't. I didn't sell my product. You know, I didn't get my idea out there. So I'm not the rich one. I just right. used it for a long time. Still doesn't mean anything. Still the same broke guy. You know? Right. Yeah. He still got like the same tail he had like nine years ago. It's like nine penny nails folded over yep. two uh-huh. by four. Yeah, about right. Same old greasy diesel. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. All right. All right. We're shutting it down. This is the Break Podcast. Thank y'all for listening. This is Derek Dernberger, and you're listening to the Break Podcast. 